So I woke up feeling kind of like off today. What I mean by off is just sort of like emotionally down. And actually, it's not that I woke up feeling off. Like I didn't wake up feeling down. As the day sort of has evolved, I become sad. And the reason why I'm editing what I said was because I asked myself, okay, well, did you wake up sad? And I was like, no, I didn't wake up sad. Um, So I checked what I said. So then the question became, well, what caused the sadness then, right? It's not like you just woke up like, fuck fuck Saturday, (laughs) right? So what caused the sadness? And I realized that from the time I woke up till about maybe 20 minutes ago, I was on social media, on Instagram, just like scrolling. And you guys probably know this experience, right? Like you get up, you go, I'm just going to check my comments or something like that or check my posts or my feed and just to scroll through just and then I'll, you know, get off. And then you look up and two hours of your life has been wasted, not doing anything productive, not doing anything that you can like you know, show for it, for the time that you've been, you've spent, it's just gone, just wasted. And it kind of, I think in the back of your mind, if you're cognizant of the fact that you're literally just wasting time and you're consuming, I kind of wonder if, if like the act of consumption also sort of consumes you like also sort of drains you, also sort of takes energy from you, right? So the act of consumption, the very word consumption is an active verb, right? It's a verb, so it's an active word. And when something is active, it requires energy, right? When something is passive, it there's no energy being exerted. And so when you are consuming there is an energy exchange there. And I think that we think that just because we're sitting on our phone and kind of scrolling, that there's nothing really being exerted because you're just kind of sitting on your phone scrolling. But there is an exchange of energy energy there. I have spoken to a lot of people who are on TikTok, specifically who use TikTok specifically and um, regularly excuse me, and they've all said um, that they feel drained after using TikTok. And some people have reported, like right before they go to sleep, that they've had a hard time going to sleep. It's almost like they're wired or something. And to me, and this isn't specifically for TikTok, it's just, I think this applies to social media, you know, in general. And rapid consumption of videos specifically people for example have mentioned like when they binge watch movies right before bad it's like there's this culture of binge watching now that it's almost become you know acceptable oh yeah i binged watched the entire season of so and so show and i stayed up till like i couldn't sleep i stayed up to two o'clock um just watching it and we think that this is something that we're doing passive. The TV is passive, but it's not. 
right? Once again, it's the act of consumption. Consumption being an active word, an active verb, means that energy is being exchanged in the sense of you are losing energy. It's a breakdown of energy as you engage in consumption. And when you consume things, it consumes you. I bring up the TV analogy and the TikTok analogy and the Instagram analogy, um, along with the inability to kind of walk away from your phone as sort of an example of, I guess I could say, an addiction, right? So if you are tired, yeah, and say you normally go to bed at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, your body is programmed that once it's 10 o'clock, it's time to go to sleep and you need rest, right? Think of your body like a cell phone, right? Let's say 10 o'clock, you're at like 2% charge, yeah? The difference between, say, maybe your cell phone and you is that on that 2%, you can, even though your body might want to shut down at 11 because you're on 2% or 1%, you can exercise your will, and I say will with quotation marks, but you can exercise your will to take that 2% and stretch it out to, you know, three, to staying up to three, four more hours. Um, and, and you can do that fine. But don't think that doing that continuously and over long term won't have adverse reaction, like won't cause rather adverse reactions, you know, the following day or over a period of time. And so, Something that's as simple like as just turning off the TV, right? Just saying, okay, this show isn't going to go anywhere because it's not like this is cable TV, right? It's Netflix, it's Hulu. All of these shows are sitting there for you to consume at any point in time. But you are tired physically. Your body needs to shut down. It needs to recharge. And you go, you know what? I will push past my bedtime. I will push past all the warning signals, all the alerts that's saying, okay, it's time for us to rest. I'm going to push past all of that so I can continue expelling energy and expending energy consuming the show for two, three, four hours. You can't do that repeatedly and not eventually be negatively affected by that. And the thing that, that's weird to me is that, and I'm speaking for myself perfect um, as well, personally, because I've done the same thing. So this is not, uh, you know, a podcast of condemnation. It's actually, you know, saying that I'm there with you and I understand, but it is problematic. Yeah. So all you have to do is grab the remote. It's 11 o'clock, grab the remote, hit a button, turn it off. That's it. The shows aren't going anywhere. They're not disappearing in, you know, 24 hours or anything like that. They're there for you to watch at any point in time. And more importantly, because of the quarantine, you've got time. You know, you can watch, you can watch it the following day. You can watch it, you know, at a time when you have more sort of energy. But a lot of us don't. A lot of us 
don't have the will to simply hit the power button. We have the will to push ourselves and take that one minute, 1% charge that's left of our bodies and extend that and make that energy last till two o'clock in the morning, right? But for some reason, making yourself sit up and continue watching something and continue consuming something is like easier to do, especially when you're tired, you're shutting down, like your body is like feeling worn out. But pushing past that feeling of exhaustion in order to continue consuming is easier to do than just taking the remote control and hitting the power button. And that's wild to me because that tells me on some level that addiction can drive you to do things that you could do normally. It's a good motivator. Addiction is a great motivator, right? Think about all the things that you need to be doing right now, like rearranging your garage or decluttering your house or that art project that you are procrastinating on. I'm talking about myself. Um, You know, that novel you wanted to write. All these things that you could be doing easily, but you come up with excuses and say, well, I'm tired, so I can't do it today or it's late. So I can't do it today or uh, like exercise, like I want to lose 10 pounds, not me specifically, but say you want to lose 10 pounds, but you're saying, you know, I'm tired. It's been a long day. Um, I don't have the energy to work out. Okay. You don't have the energy to do all of that, all the things that you really should be doing in order to better yourself, in order to achieve your goals, but you have the energy to exchange and to be depleted, to push your body past your bedtime, past exhaustion in order to continue to consume a show that's going to be there the next day. That's something worth really thinking about. And like I said, this is not a chastisement sort of podcast. It's more, I want to bring things to your awareness so that you can maybe utilize this information um, and then kind of apply it to achieving the goals that you do have. If you are capable, the next time you're sitting watching TV and you find yourself wanting to binge watch a show past your bedtime, all right, or it's not even wanting to binge watch it past your bedtime, you found that you've sat and you've consumed a show for four hours of your life, you've just sat there, or you sat on the toilet and you scrolled through Instagram for three hours of your life, you've just sat there. Which the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I need to delete that shit off my phone. I normally used to, I used to only use Instagram if like I needed to post something. I would post what I needed to post and then I would log off. And then I got kind of peer pressured. I should say I I allowed myself to get peer pressured into just keeping an app on my phone. And so now I get up and that's what I'm spending my time doing. And I used to put out a lot more paintings because I managed my time better because I wasn't spending time just consuming shit. And you tell yourself whatever you want to tell yourself. 
you know, as you're doing it, like I'm looking for, you know, I'm, I'm looking for some posts to inspire me or I just need a little break or whatever kind of bullshit you want to tell yourself that keeps you on there. But the fact of the matter is you're just consuming and you're consuming blind, blindly and you're consuming for long periods of time and then you're wasting your life. You're wasting your life. You're wasting your potential. Um, and I'm saying this to myself as well. My regular listeners know that I listen to my own podcast. I'm my own number one sort of fan. And, <laughs> and you should be too. Um, I put a quote on my Instagram page. It said, any woman who doesn't believe in herself is an atheist. Right? And I, I really do believe that. I, I really work strongly on holding on to that idea because I need that motivation to believe in myself. Um, that being said... If you can consume things for three hours, you can create something in that same three hours. No matter what story you tell yourself that is what's keeping you on there, at the end of the day, you're still consuming and you're still expending energy. And more importantly, that energy is being expelled to something or to an entity that that you don't profit from. It doesn't benefit you in any way, shape, or form, right? Like, I'm looking back at my life and the last, like, let's say, month that I've kept Instagram on my phone and not deleted it. um, What have I... What could I have done in that same time? Like, I could have gotten up And those same two, three hours I spent scrolling, I could have gotten up and worked out. All right, that's good for the heart. And and not even for two hours. I just biked for 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever, made breakfast, baked, baked a cake, baked some cookies, you know, prepared, prepped dinner. I had, I did have more time, you know, available to me and I had been saying like lately anybody that talked to me would hear me kind of echoing the same sentiment like man like I need to manage my time better I need to manage my time better and I'm realizing that the reason why I'm saying that now is because of the fact that I have kept the app on my phone so I really as I'm talking to you guys I'm really like rethinking like my approach to Instagram and I need to kind of go on there and edit my page and just say, look, you know, email me. I'm taking a break. Um, email me if you're interested in, you know, purchasing these pieces or whatever. Um, but I, I, I need to take a break and then just take a break. And part of the thing too, is that my friends have a really great habit of DMing me things on Instagram and, I'm like super polite, right? And I don't want to, I don't want them to feel like I'm neglecting them, but they also have my fucking cell phone. Like, I don't know why they can't just text me. Um, and I'm going to just, I'm thinking out loud at this point. Like I I do need to get off because like I said, it doesn't benefit me. So binge watching three, four hours of a show on Insta, on, on like Netflix is, it's mad fun, especially if it's a good storyline. But I'm not getting anything out of it for the most part, right? Because a lot of the shows that we're binge watching, it's not like it's educational. It's not like it's informative, right? It's just good fun. You know, it's good to kind of shut your brain down. Bear in mind, too, that when I do watch shows on TV, I try to watch shows consciously and I will 
bring things to the forefront of my mind. Like these are behaviors in which we're being programmed to uh, mimic. Yeah. So it's called programming for a reason. So like if there's a couple that's like arguing for no reason, I know that if I watch a TV show and I'm not conscious of these images, I will sort of accept that arguing for no reason is normative behavior, that yelling at each other is like an effective way to communicate and I will create in my life what I've seen. And that's just how the human brain works. If you are being shown, people just, a lot of people believe that what they see on TV is how humanity is supposed to be. And so as a result, a lot of people will emulate behaviors and actions that they see on TV in their waking life, which just causes kind of more drama for themselves. Um, And so when I do watch TV, shows I do watch that with that inclination you know uh, not that inclination wrong choice of words but I, I watch it with that mindset being fully conscious of the fact that these are behaviors that they're trying to program into people and I you know once you make yourself mindful of it then you don't internalize these behaviors right so you see the artists right every time they depict artists they're always fucking depressed or suicidal or dark or you know whatever Um, And a lot of artists will watch stuff like that and think, oh, in order for me to be an artist, I need to um, emulate these sort of behaviors. And then you see in real life, life imitating art, life imitating programming, right? Life imitating TV shows. And then you see a lot of artists who are moody and dark and depressed and, you know, suicidal and angsty. and, And they create a lot of drama in their lives because that's what they're mimicking. We're all wearing masks. Uh, there was a book, I always like mentioning books that I'm reading. Um, I think I said on the past episode, I haven't been buying new podcasts. I've actually just been going back and re-listening to rereading. I'm sorry, I said new podcasts. I haven't been buying new audiobooks. Um, I've been going back and re-listening to like some of my favorite old books. And um, the one, I think actually, there's a quote from, I think it was Aldous Huxley. I think he wrote this either in The Doors of Perception or The Perennial Philosophy. Those are the two that I read this week so far. And then yesterday I started The Book of Mastery by Paul Selig. That book, by the way, is like super, super good. It's a channeled um, reading, meaning like it's a communication with a non-corporeal entity. Take that however you want to. Some people think that non-corporeal entities are aliens. Some people think non-corporeal entities are demons. I don't look at the finger that's pointing to the sky. I just try to get the message and that's it. And a lot of what's said in that book, The Book of Mastery by Paul uh, Selig, has really resonated with me. Um, but I believe it was Huxley that wrote, we mistake ourselves for the mass we wear. Actually, no, it wasn't. It was from that book, um, uh, uh, Mastery, The Book of Mastery by Paul Selig. Um, that's where that quote is from. But it says, we mistake ourselves for the mask we wear. And so if you take upon yourself a label, you call yourself a, you know, a woman, a man, a husband, a father, a wife, an actress, a teacher, 
uh, a single mom. These are all masks that you're wearing. And we live in a society that conditions us to look to television to show us how to play out these roles to kind of match the masks that we wear. Yeah. So when you do consume TV shows, try to do so mindfully with the understanding that if you're not conscious, you're low-key programming yourself to emulate the things to emulate the things that you see on the TV screen. Um, even worse, so is on social media, is on TikTok, is on Instagram, is on Facebook. When we watch videos on those social media apps, it's even worse because at least on one level, when you watch Netflix, you're, you can go, okay, well, these are, it's a TV show. But when you're consuming like Instagram videos, you forget that the behaviors and the actions of people that you see on those social media apps are also being influenced by TV shows. So you're watching people who are influenced by what they've watched and then you're thinking oh these are just normative human behaviors because this is like everybody's become like their own reality tv star and as you know reality tv star is highly processed and so we've all become particularly on social media we're living highly processed lives highly like it's weird in the sense of like people who post pictures of themselves now it's like you can't even post a picture of yourself just looking like a regular human being like everything is touched up everything is like tuned everything has got a filter or what do they call that thing where they it's not a filter well i mean people are using filters but there's another thing that you can put on your maybe that's a filter too i don't know I think I'm showing my age here or maybe just my lack of technological um, prowess. I don't know. But you're watching people who are watching fake people on TV. And then you're thinking that they're, these real people are real people, but their realness is actually fake, right? Because it's, it's a derivative of what they've consumed on social media. And so you see people behaving a certain way like acting a certain way, dressing a certain way, looking a certain way, and then you start to think, oh, that's the way I'm supposed to look. And you kind of, um, yeah, you end up kind of living a processed life. It's not a life that's true to what you want to live. It's a, it's a mask, right? And that mask comes with a set of roles, and you've learned how to play those roles out by what you've seen others do. It didn't used to be quite as sort of easy to kind of see what other people were doing before cell phones and social media, but now you're inundated with it. And as a result, I kind of alluded to this in this, in the previous episode, I said, you kind of become, over time, we're going to become more and more um, conformist. We're going to start looking more and more alike, thinking more and more alike, acting more and more alike. And, um, and that's a real worry. I have noticed, particularly on social media, like everybody's starting to have that, especially in like California, but probably, I'm actually probably limiting myself. It's not, take that back, not just in California, but everybody's starting to have that like Kim Kardashian face, right? As surgery is becoming less and less expensive or at least easier to just put on a credit card and pay later, you're starting to see people all having the same butts, all having the same waistline, 
all having the same noses, all having the same like eyebrows, the same makeup look, the same like lips. Everybody's like a clone of each other. I am reminded of this Twilight Zone episode, which I'm not, I can't remember. Was it even Twilight Zone? It might've been Outer Limits. Sorry, but (laughs) it was a black and white, either Twilight Zone or Outer Limits episode. And it's like, you know, the 60s original series. And there, it was a society of people. They were like, they had three or four different bodies that you can choose from. And everybody was beautiful, quote, beautiful. But that was because like, if you were born with a regular face, by the time you turned into like, you became a teenager, then you were to undergo surgery. And then you had one of four faces to pick from. And yo, that's deep. I got to find, I'll put, after I record this episode, I will find, I'll try to find the name of the title and then I will title this podcast after the name of the title if I'm able to find it. If not, you're on your own. But I'll just tell you, you know, like, well, I just told you what it was. Um, And, you know, you watch something like that and say you watch it in the 60s and you think, well, you know, that would never happen. That's weird, but that would never happen. But now you see that happening, like you're seeing roots of that starting to kind of take form, right? Starting to kind of delve itself into society, right? Because everybody wants everybody to think the same things. Everybody wants everybody to, you know, believe the same things, right? And if you don't, you get canceled or you get attacked or you get stigmatized or whatever. And then you've got everybody, you know, on social media, like showing off their bodies. And so you've got, everybody's got that bubble butt. And then you see people going and everybody's getting their noses done and they're, well, it seems like everybody, I should say, but it seems like everybody's getting their noses done and their bodies augmented. And then you kind of pause and go like, is that what is going to be the norm, right? It also reminds me of, I think it was a Kurt Bogonot um, story where it was kind of the same idea, but reversed, where you weren't allowed to be exceptional in any way, shape, or form because it made unexceptional people feel some type of way. And so people who were like genetically blessed were handicapped, like they were made handicapped, like they would put weights on them and put chains on them and like made them, like brought them down. And then people who were like below average were like encouraged and pushed up um, under the guise of, equality but it really wasn't equality because it like the people who were talented or beautiful or exceptional in any shape way shape or form were actually suppressed um but you you think about these things and and in those kind of shows you do learn from that you know but i don't know if they don't make shows like that anymore really that i'm seeing where you know it's uh, uh the media right? The story that we're shown is to, there was always a moral, right? That's the beauty of when you read, especially older books or watch older shows. There was always a moral to the story. There was always something where you're being taught. And now it's just more like pure entertainment. There's not really like underlining, and a lot of shows, not really like an underlining theme to like get you to like pay attention and learn from it. Um, you know, and apply the lessons to living a better life. And that's unfortunate. Um, You know, I played with the idea of 
doing like story times in the podcast, like coming up with little concepts and just like telling a story. I've done that with a few episodes where like that lady, the story I told of a lady and her husband and how like they were, you know, they reincarnated. Um, So I've done like little story time breaks, but I was thinking of doing more of that, like a narrative, just like telling the story. Um, Because I think that that would be fun with an underlining sort of moral theme at the end of it to kind of like make people more aware the way they look around. So I might do something with that. Um, Now, you could argue that there are shows like Black Mirror, but the thing I don't like about Black Mirror is like on one end, like Black Mirror is showing like, yes, these things are possible in our future. And we're seeing a lot of that happening now. But on the opposite end, a couple of things that really bug me about Black Mirror is that one, there was this one episode and I, I might have alluded to this in a previous episode, but there was this one episode of Black Mirror where, like, the show starts off with, like, a young guy in, a, in his room, and he's being blackmailed. And I don't want to... I'm going to say as much as I can say without spoiling it, but at this point, like, you know, if you haven't watched it, like, I can't be, like, spoiler alert because it's not like it came out yesterday, but... The kid, the kid's being blackmailed, and he's not really a kid. He's a young adult, so like early twenties or whatever. And the way he's reacting, he's acting. You start kind of feeling sorry for him, and you're watching him go through all this stuff. And there's a lot of empathy there. And they set the shit up. There's a lot of things you can do if you read um, Save the Cat. There's a lot of things you can do in writing where you can make your you can emotionally manipulate your audience to make them feel empathy for the main character and very quickly. And so a lot of these like tricks and tips are used in order to make you empathize with the main character. And then after you watch it at the end, you find out that this whole time you've been rooting for more or less or empathizing with a fucking pedophile. And that shit to me was like, weird like I did not like that at all like that made me feel very very uncomfortable because to me I was like what is the fucking motive here you know like you really want me to empathize with a person who harms children are you serious who wrote this you know like that rubbed me the wrong way and and I think after I watched that I don't think I, like, the new season has come out. I have not watched it. Um, Because to me, it's, you really, really have to be mindful. Like, what are you trying to program people here with, you know? And I've been seeing a lot more of that kind of stuff happening. And it's just, I don't know. I take a step back from that. So you can't really use Black Mirror, you know. They did that, I think, on the first season also, where... uh, there was like this girl and I referenced it and she's like uh, kind of being chased and she doesn't know why she's being chased. And then long story short, her and her boyfriend like brutalized a child. And on one end, you catch yourself feeling empathy for this person who was a murderer. And I've used that analogy to make a point about reincarnation on other episodes. However, it's still a fucking child murderer. Why are you using your art in order to make me feel empathy for somebody who consciously murdered a child? 
that to me says a lot about the mindset of the writers. And I am very mindful of what I do put into my psyche um, because whether you're conscious of it or not, anything that you expose your psyche to will contribute to what you manifest in your life going forward. Anything you expose your psyche to or you allow your psyche to be exposed to, especially if it's done unconsciously, will manifest itself in your life at some on some at one shape in one way shape or form especially if you're doing this if you're consuming said said things unconsciously so for example a lot of people now are sort of desensitized to people like being harmed brutalized like violence that you see on on like youtube on social media on facebook right so much so that people like will send me videos of somebody getting like killed and or hurt or like and i tell my friends you got to stop sending me this stuff like you really got to stop sending me this stuff because i'm not actively going out of my way to go and find these videos because i'm trying to protect my psyche i don't i don't want to be desensitized towards human pain i don't want to be desensitized towards human violence i don't because if we all allow this to happen then our pain human pain human suffering becomes a commodity right i've seen there's a reason for example i should say why my podcast is a podcast and not like a video because i want you to hear what i have to say but i don't want you to be distracted by my looks you know, by any other thing, just hear, get the content, get the message. That's all I want. But I've seen people who want to talk about conspiracy theories, who want to talk about what the government is doing, who want to talk about all these things that are happening in our world right now, but their hair is done, they're wearing makeup, you know, they have cleavage, <laughs> you know, they, their cleavage is popping out, their abs are, are nice, you know, and it's like, are you genuinely concerned about what's happening and really trying to inform people or are you are you using what's happening in order to kind of promote yourself and that's a weird sort of line you know it's a weird line that i'm seeing becoming more and more and more and more like blurred and you could say you know well maybe they're just using it to you know a woman is using her cleavage and a man is using her is his abs rather to kind of draw attention, you know, to the topic of what what's being discussed and the seriousness of what's being discussed. Um, but I don't. I'm I'm not gonna buy that because if you put out a video where you're talking about fascism in the government, I I don't need to see your abs. I don't need to see your tits to understand that this is a problem. And I don't think most people do. So to me, when I see that, it just reads as sort of self-promotion and you're just using any sort of topic that seems sensationalized enough in order to get followers and get likes. And uh, I don't know, man, it, it's a weird sort of thing. It's a weird sort of thing that's happening. Um, and all I can do is speak on it. I saw a statistic, statistic today that said... Um, I think 65% of Americans who were polled are afraid 
to speak out because they are afraid, not even to speak out actually, they're afraid to just share their opinions because they're afraid of offending somebody. And I said that this morning, I alluded to that in a previous episode, and I was just more speaking candidly, like I almost feel like I can't say something without being lumped into one group or another, like you're a black person, you know, why are you not saying this? Or why do you say this? Or, you know, you're echoing talking points that Trump has said, are you a Trump supporter? No, I'm not a Trump supporter. There's some things that he says that make sense to me. Like, stop trying to put me in a box, you know? And just because there's certain things that he said that make sense to me doesn't mean that he should be the president. It doesn't mean I support bigoted, you know, views and things of that nature, right? And the fact that in a, in a country where we have freedom of speech, a person has to preface certain things that they say because somebody might get offended, especially if you're not even intentionally trying to offend anybody. You're just speaking your truth because none of us are perfect. Um, that's, that's wild to me. I don't like that. You know, I, I don't like that. Um, but there are some people out there who are hardcore, like, you have to address people like this or else you're a this. You have to say things like this or, or else you're a this. And that is being sort of promoted through social media and your mind jumping from one video to another video to another video that's saying all this stuff or showing all this stuff or one post or whatever it is, that's energy that's being exerted and that's draining to the psyche and it's draining to the soul and it depletes your authenticity. It depletes your authenticity. It depletes, dilutes your authenticity. And you need to be mindful of that every time you click on that app. Another point that I want to make. Is about authenticity, particularly to artists, any sort of artists or creatives out there. Makeup artist, writer, actor, model, photographer. If you're in a creative field, even a business, if you're a small business owner, an entrepreneur, these are creative sort of aspects. If you are consuming an app, you are taking time away. Well, first of all, you're, you're feeding billionaires, right? Because the app is free for you because you're the product. And I'm sure we've all heard this at this point. And if you're on on Facebook or Instagram, you've got Zuckerberg, who clearly doesn't give a fuck about people, right? If you've amassed billions of dollars in your lifetime, then you're and you're hoarding money, right? You don't care about people, and the more money he makes, the more he doesn't care. <laughs> the less he cares about people. I understand people are saying I can use the app to promote myself, and I'm not going to argue with that. If you can somehow use the app intelligently, where you can use it creatively, where you can go and you can post your business and you can hashtag. And if you are diligent enough to say, 
I'm going to go on there for literally 15 minutes. I'm going to set a timer. I'm going to post my stuff and push my hashtags. I'm going to respond to the first 10 10 people that comment. um, And then I'm deleting that shit. Go for it. If you can set up your, your, your page in a way that says, please do not EM, please do not DM, email us only. This way you're not on the app. Do that. I don't know if there's a setting where you can make it so that if you do get a DM, a direct message, you can get emailed. Then you can, you know, when to go check the app. Or if you can get like an email where all your comments come to you by email and then you can, you know, go like and go and comment like on a Saturday morning. Do that. So you can use the app, I think, creatively if you if you feel like you have to use it like you know a couple of my friends are um personal trainers and they feel like they've got to you know be on there but if there are tools in which you can that you can use in which you can protect your time um then do that but what i but what i mean by it dilutes your authenticity is that it's the same sort of thing if you go on there and you're looking at say you follow other artists that's great. But if you find like a popular artist, and I've caught myself doing this, where you're, you see their style and you go, oh, their style is great. I'm going to incorporate that into my art. That's fine, right? There's that quote that says, you know, great artists steal. Um, and what they mean by that is they, they steal in the way like a bee's steal. And what they mean by that is like bees will go from, nect- from flower to flower collecting nectar, but bees don't create more nectar. Bees create their own thing, which is honey, right? So they just collect different things from plants, right? And then they create honey. A lot of artists think what when they say great artists steal, they mean just find an artist whose work you like and then just copy their shit. And it's like, no, take little things that you like about their work and then incorporate it into your own thing. What's happening is a lot of artists are going on Instagram, makeup artists, photographers, all of that, and they're just copying other people's shit and they're creating nectar. And it's this, well, that person's popular because they're doing this. I want to be popular too. So let me do what they're doing. But but then you lose what makes you authentic, what makes you you. That's their style. You know? So that's the point that I'm trying to make here, where I say it's diluting your authenticity because you're going in there, you're trying to get likes, you're trying to get views, you're trying to get your painting sold, or you're, you know, you're trying to get your photography uh, portfolio out there, you're trying to get clients, you know, you're trying to get businesses or whatever it is. So you go on there and you just copy what other people are doing, but then you lose what you are, right? It's just another mask you're putting on. That's not who you are, it's a mask. And a lot of the time, these people that you're copying are also copying other people. And so the uniqueness is gone. And unfortunately, a lot of people forget that what this world needs, the greatest of us, the ones that we talk about aren't the people that did what everybody else was doing it was the people who broke the mold it was the people who stayed true to form true to who they are 
And I'll leave you with this. I've asked myself, whenever I catch myself getting sucked back into social media, I say to this, I say this to myself. If Picasso, Van Gogh, Frida Kahlo, if all of these artists had Instagram, would they have created the works that we know them for? Because there's certain, there's something about as an artist being lost in your work, being consumed by your work and doing art just for the sake of pure enjoyment. But now that's changing and it's almost like you're not painting what you enjoy, you're painting what you're, you think your audience will like. Comedians are doing the same thing. They're not telling, except for Chappelle. Chappelle, I've noticed, at least in his last couple of stand-ups, he doesn't give a fuck, which is what garnered him all those awards. Um, Everybody was busy censoring themselves. And he came out there and he was like, fuck you, I'm going to smoke the cigarette, I'm going to sit on my chair, I'm going to say what I'm thinking. And he got awarded for it. Be, I want you to be mindful of what's, play, what's at play here, what's happening, what's operating in the back of your mind. Because if you're mindful of it, then you can be, you can consume consciously. And there's nothing wrong with consuming. It's just up to a certain point, right? And you need to set limits of that, right? For that. Like, I need to consume food in order to continue to survive. I need to consume water in order for me to survive, to continue to survive. Now, if I sat and I ate for four hours straight and not got up without getting up, that's a problem, right? If I sat and I created food for four hours, that's not a problem, right? If it's the same amount of energy that's being kind of expelled in the same amount of time, but I guarantee you spending four hours creating something is a lot better than spending four hours consuming something, right? And we spend four hours consuming things at least. I know for me, I spend in a 24-hour day, the little things that I spent about like two to three hours on my phone, on Instagram, I'm not okay with that. Like that bugs me because I'm like, if I would have taken that same time, and instead of consumed, if I would have taken that same amount of time and wrote, like, every day, three hours, just the time that I spent on Instagram, if I took three hours and instead I woke up, I grabbed my pen and pad and wrote something, I would have, by this time, if I started doing this, like, three months ago, I would have at least a first draft of, like, a short story, which I was really passionate about writing and now I'm like off track. And I know that if you sat there and you ask yourself, look through, they have it now where you can see how much time you spend on the app. I don't know if Facebook has it, but they definitely have it on Instagram. If you go and check it, you say, man, I have goals. I wanted to start a business. I wanted to learn how to do something. If I would have spent four hours learning how to do something or doing something 
in the amount of time that I spent, like let's say in the last three months, what would I have to show for it? Because I guarantee you three hours a day spent on a, on a transcript, on a first draft of a book, a first draft of a novel, first draft of a short story, you have that manuscript to show for it. The same amount of time spent on Instagram, you have nothing to show for it. At least if you spend four hours eating, you would have shit to, to show for it, right? Like you would, you would be able to see, okay, that's what I consume. You literally have nothing to show for it except for maybe shit in your brain. We're all in this together, right? I'm no better than you. I'm no worse than you. You know, I'm reading, I'm living just like you. And we're living at this. We're happening to be passing through life at the same amount of time, at the same period of time, rather. And so the things that you struggle with are the things that I struggle with. And that's why this podcast is so relatable, is what a lot of my listeners say. It's very relatable. Um, and I'm sharing with you what I learn. And there's a lot of things that I just mentioned that I need to check myself on and reevaluate because absolutely, absolutely, I could be doing better things with my time. And as soon as this episode is done, I'm going to post it and I'm going to go spend another like 20 minutes on the app reconfiguring my my thing to say contact me by email i don't check dms or something like that and then i'm gonna go create some shit i i think for some of you listening it's gonna be super easy for you to do it you know for some people watching tv it's not hard for them to just grab the mode and hit the power button right for some people, it's not hard for them to just log off and leave the app. But a lot of us are addicted to electronics. We have electron addiction. We're addicted to electrons. So it's going to be a lot harder. So you're not going to be able to just get off or delete the app first try the second try the third try but if you're working towards it i think that's a lot better than just going you know than not even being conscious of the fact that it could be problematic and detrimental towards your advancements and the goals that you want to achieve in life good luck